Space, The Final Frontier, or The Final Straw. Director Mac. Mac and Yo-Yo is a no-no? Naro Atsia, Pachakatig. What language are we speaking? Alien, of course. What have you been doing all year? A man can accomplish anything once he realizes he's a part of something bigger. Don't worry. You'll be a butterfly. That's right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. We are talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 1, Missing Pieces. And boy, have we been missing you. The AfterBuzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz is that is that how you feel about Agents of Shield or about this song? Because I a little can bit feel of both. Both, yeah. A little I bit can of both. See that. I That's feel right. That. I enjoyed it so much. I don't know how you felt, but I'm so glad Agents of Shield is back. It had been gone too long. That's what too I say. Long. It was too long because it's almost as if I forgot what had happened, and I needed that recap. Thank God the recap was there. I the agree. recap. I had to rewatch uh, season five. I had to rewatch it. At least part of it. I couldn't rewatch all of it, but part of it I had to rewatch and discuss. And and by I I mean me, and me is I. I am Tehran. I will be hosting this panel alongside the illustrious uh, comic book fan of comic book fans, uh, Mr. Marvel himself is in the building. Christian, <laughs> uh, hi there. I'm Christian Blatt, and I'm uh, happy to uh, be sitting in for a few weeks here on the Agents of Shield panel because I'm very excited that Shield is back, and I'm excited to be here. With Tehran. You sound excited. The way you said excited, I felt the excitement. Yeah, because if I said excited, you'd It know. wouldn't be the same. You'd and know. I felt the excitement in this episode, I have to say. Uh, thank you to all of you at home. I appreciate you, of course, realize that we are not the only panel here. You are as much, if not more so, a part of this panel, each and every one of you. So get those comments going. Uh, Christian will be manning. Uh, are we allowed to say manning? Well, that was Didn't the thing. We were, I think we were talking white, about we should say personing. White mansplaining yes. the chat. I'm what white mansplaining the, the yeah, chat. Yeah, but right you now. will be personing the yes. chat. You will be holding down the fort with that. And of course, we will be discussing all of your theories and comments as well. We are talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 1 Missing Pieces, our breakdown today. We will start on Earth because there were two storylines that ran simultaneously. If you noticed, we will start on Earth with Director Mac, which was a huge revelation. Trouble on Earth, Dr. Marcus Benson. Who is that guy? Do we need him? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Yo-Yo and Keller, uh, Pacharkatig. Uh, that's very difficult to say three times fast. And then switch gears to outer space with the search for Fitz, my homegirl Quake. Because if you know about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know me and Quake uh, got a thing going on. The Confederacy finding the ship, Naro Atsia, and... Uh, in the getaway, or should I say get into more trouble? I don't know. We have a bit of news and gossip for each and every one of you. Our special segment, Shocker. Most shocking scene for this episode. The one that made you and sent you in for a loop. Predictions and much, much more. So stay tuned. Christian, what are your overall thoughts? Overall thoughts, I was very excited. Uh, I was wondering how accessible season six was going to be for, like, if they're trying to, you know, maybe court some new fans. And uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too confusing for somebody to start. But I was like, oh yeah, you really should be five seasons in at this point, uh, which is great because I was. But uh, I wondered, you know, if they were going to hit the ground running or take a long time uh, recapping. But it was great to see everybody. Well, almost everybody. Where's my boy Deke? Mm. Where is he? Mm. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, it was great because, you know, look, we even saw Clark Craig not once but twice in the episode. So uh, I, uh, I thought it was great to see everybody. So it lived up to your expectations. Yes, uh, because I thought that si uh, season five was a, was a great big uh, swing back up. 
I loved the first half of season four with Ghost Rider. Anybody who sees the other shows that I do know that uh, the framework was not for me. And uh, I, but I loved season five. So I was a little apprehensive. I was like, is it gonna, is it gonna live up to that? And uh, I think it did because we did have the space storyline. And uh, I think that's probably why I like season five so much. I might have been on the opposite end of that pendulum. And I'll tell you why. First of all, this uh, episode, uh, episode one of season six, Missing Pieces definitely exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. I was blown away with A. Clearly, the billion-dollar movies gave them a much bigger budget. The budget <laughs> right. was definitely there. And, and B, I really like the story and the storyline. And yes, if you're not an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, you might be a little lost, but it's going to entice you to go watch the rest of the seasons. Now, when it comes to framework, I love the framework. When it came to Ghost Rider, I love Ghost Rider. When it came to Outer Space, I like the first part of Outer Space, but not the second part. It seemed as if they were writing as if the show was going to go off air. And it was. Right. And yet it came back with a vengeance and we will get into a little bit of that in news and gossip later so you might want to stay tuned for that but overall i have to say that this show was fantastic uh let's get right to let's get right to what is the earth storyline that earth storyline where where director mac is now director christian i like mac as a director you Do know you? i think that uh well i think that he has Look, I think uh, Quake's the most powerful, but I don't think she has a great track record. I, I think that she works best as a, you know, sort of like a lieutenant role. Like she should have responsibility, but the pressure of being in charge, I, I don't know. I don't think that, that she's well suited to that. I think that uh, May, uh, she needs to be out in the field 100% of the time. You know, she doesn't want a desk job. And I think that uh, Mac, look, he's great in the field, but he, he doesn't have any abilities. His training, look, he's not May. Let's he just doesn't have way. any abilities. No, no, have I, you the, seen the gun? The quake abilities. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Neither in, does May. That's true. But uh, but she seems to have been gifted with an ability to kick, uh, let's just say, rear, in case there's any kids watching. And uh, I, look, I've, I've always liked Mac, but uh, I think this is a good role for him. To uh, to be the boss man, you know. I I don't know if I don't know if it's uh, impacting his personal life very well, but uh, I think uh, you know for the the nine to five part of the the job, I think it's good for him. I was a I was a big fan of the director Mac storyline. I did think that May would have been the more natural one to fill the role, but after watching this episode, I feel like Mac did a great job. I even liked his insecurity as a director. He wasn't as confident as we are used to Mac being. This is a Mac who's grown. And actually, at one point when they said he has to check in with his boss, I actually thought he was going to visit a possible daughter that might have (laughs) ended up out of this. For half a second, I was like, who's his boss? And then we, of course, get that hologram of Phil Coulson and all of his wise messages that, for some reason, he recorded. Well, I think he, uh, you know, he knew for what all of season five, he knew he was going to die. So I think he, whenever he had the time, he's like, I could sleep or I could record a message for the future director. And as Phil Coulson, he recorded the message for future directors. And they were full of gems. They were full of gems. Of course, one I did. Uh, A man can accomplish anything once he realizes he's a part of something bigger. That is such a Phil Coulson thing to say. And as director Mac, uh, we get to see him being decisive and being not the reckless Mac that we saw sometimes in the field. This was a Mac who was mature. This is a Mac who even reluctantly does things because he knows it's better for the good of uh, of the agency. And even if it's not for the good of his personal ego, as we saw in the bar scene. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's a great point that he makes some of the advice that he got from Colson about how important it is to, you know, stay in touch, be on the ground with the people that you're protecting. It doesn't seem like he's spending enough time doing that if he's he's got the bar and church, you know, uh, some people bar is their church, but that's all right. That's, the, you know, it's good that he has two different places that we, one where he actually worships and one where he uh, seems to seems to drink a little bit, but uh, seems I, to drink a little, just bit. a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, how much can he drink compared to, well, me, you know, he's a big guy. So I figure <laughs> figure he does all right. He takes care of himself. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it is good that he's not spending all of his time, you know, going going from HQ to home and back and forth. At least he is out there. You know, maybe it's not the healthiest thing to drink, but uh, at least at least he doesn't go straight home. Is the chat a fan of Director Mac, or is hmm. we get a couple fans there? Uh, you know, uh, there. Uh, let's see. Well, May's basically number two. Was a good comment there. She kind of always has been. And do you think she's more comfortable being number two? I think so too. I, I think that that's actually what she wants. You know, she she doesn't mind being you know having some degree of authority and uh, weighing in. And uh, she, but she doesn't want to have all the responsibility, you know. And uh, she likes being a mentor. Yeah. She does like being a mentor in a way because we see her mentoring Yo Yo. We see her giving advice to Mac, but she doesn't want to take that leadership role herself. And we've seen her go off before, especially in season three and season four, where she goes off on her own and goes on her May agenda. Uh, there's a there's a lot of conversation in the chat, but uh, Ivan Soto is the one who says I'm not okay with director Mac. Sorry, so he's apologizing to Mac, which is smart. If you're going to tell Mac you don't like him as director, you better apologize. Yeah, say it to his face, Ivan Soto. <laughs> so let's get to the trouble on Earth. We we find this trouble on Earth, and it was very troubling. It was very troubling. Uh, the uh, the message over Earth. Well, I thought that uh, first of all, I liked that there there was the space storyline. I wasn't quite sure that we were getting that at first. Uh, because we we started on Earth, and uh, I, uh, I I think that's an interesting crew to have, you know. Uh, you don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, it's hard to find somebody in Shield as it exists now who's like, oh yeah, I've I've flown I've flown in space. It's fine, you know. So, uh, but uh, I thought that I, I like the I like the the task that they're on. Obviously, finding fits, and I. I don't know. I just thought it was going to be easy. I guess I wasn't thinking about the way this show works. I figured they knew <laughs> where he was. They were going to go get him. They're like, okay, we're, go- we're just going to borrow him. We're going to put him right back. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, ship cut in half. Uh, what was that guy's name? Enoch, right? Enoch. Yeah, Enoch's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we're so, in trouble. But, you know, look, if I'm ever in deep hibernation for whatever it was, like 80 years, that's the guy I want babysitting me. Because I feel like... 75 years of deep hibernation, yeah. that's in space. And then we get this trouble on Earth with the... with We're a year after whatever the Quake agenda was. Yeah. And Quake, of course, thankfully saved the planet. Or did she? Here we have some... What, what it looks like, time travelers? What are they, dimensional travelers? Oh, you mean our, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the yeah, the guy that comes through the wall yeah. and, uh, you know, a uh, moment of silence for his buddy who didn't quite make it through the wall. Well, uh, he made it longer than we thought because later true. he wakes up and is like, uh, Parchikatog is coming. Parchikatog <laughs> yeah. is coming. And how did you make it, buddy? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, yeah, and, and I, I like, I know we're jumping ahead, but I like how they were just like, how did you not know that there was a heartbeat? It's like, heartbeat? He doesn't have a heart. Yeah. He's just like, he's just the, in the wall. Um, I think... Uh, you know, I like when there's this kind of threat. Now, are they are they time travelers? Are they interdimensional uh, travelers? Are sure. they from s- somewhere else in the multiverse? Are they possibly 
uh, just traveling through space, you know? I mean, are they able to go lar- large distances? I think uh, it's unclear. I would go with your your initial theory of time travel. That's where I think... Uh, that's where time I think travel or multiverse traveler. And yeah. I, I like that because the concept is what could have transpired with the uh, advent of time travel, which we saw, especially in Avengers Endgame, which this show has now carefully decided to distance itself from. Yeah. Uh, the concept is you can create a possible multiverse. Once you change something in time, you create another lane and universe. And so this could be that. We don't know. Right, exactly. And uh, there there was uh, some talk in the chat uh, earlier, I think as the show was starting, just making sure that everybody's on, on the page that, yes, this is, this is not something that happens after uh, Endgame or even Infinity War. It's just sort of like, this is before all of it, you know? I mean, I think they're a little vague about the timeline as to... On to purpose. They're yeah. doing it on purpose. Yes, and it's something absolutely. we're going to get into news and gossip, but okay. they have definitely decided to distance themselves from the storyline and just go Which I think is good timeline. because it, it, can be, it can be distracting to try and, you know, bend your story to, to fit uh, around the movies. You know, I think the... The earliest seasons of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously suffered from that, namely after Winter Soldier. It was like, psst, no more S.H.I.E.L.D. Figure it out. See ya. But uh, so <clears throat> I think that, that this is the best way to handle it for sure. It, it seems <coughs> like, especially because of what they did with the storyline. Uh, and one of the things we get with the storyline is the, is the advent of a new character coming into play, someone who's May, uh, May's ex is familiar with, Dr. Marcus Benson. Yes, uh, and, uh, you know, I think when we meet him... He's an all, expert. Yeah, he's, he's an expert a, well, on something. Right. Although I do believe uh, uh, Mark Twain once said an expert is just a guy from another town. So uh, he's an expert because we're told he's an expert. Uh, when you see him at the other end of the bar, I don't think you think like, oh, yeah, this is the guy's kind of help. This but, is uh, the guy, yeah. But obviously, if May knows him and her uh, ex-husband, you know, who we're fairly clear was uh, very brilliant and all this stuff, uh, I think uh, I like his personality. I like his demeanor. I just sort of like his delivery. I'm like, if this guy sticks around, and I feel like he will, I think it's good for the uh, the comedic value of the show. He well, had he a couple of good liners it, He already. says it how it is, and also we're looking forward to his expertise where I... So far, we haven't seen it, but we we kind of feel like whoever's building a theoretical department from the ground up at a university. And of course, they've also given us this hint of, he's got a drinking problem. Yeah. That might make Mac have to reflect on his own. Uh, but this drinking problem clearly is going to come to play at some point later down the road. Yeah, I don't I don't think they tell us about it, uh, you know, just to, you know, as, as an aside. I think that uh, it, it is going to definitely be very important. I agree with that. Here's this new character. He's got a drinking problem, but don't worry. He'll be That's fine. all right. You know, yeah, it's like he can keep it under control, what, like 40% of the time? It's fine. It's don't fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yo-Yo and uh, Mac, or no-no, Yo-Yo and Keller, were you shipping that? Uh, Yo-Yo and Keller, no. Um, I always liked Yo-Yo and Mac. And, uh, always. Ob- obviously, last season, you know, definitely, let's just say a bumpy road for them last season. Didn't uh, didn't go the way I think anybody planned. But uh, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I It makes sense that they're not together, first of all. Director Mac seems to have no time for anything. 
But when season five ended, it's not like they were in a place where you're like, oh, yeah, I can see them getting back together. It was a very difficult transition for them. Of course, a lot transpired. One of the things that makes uh, a little bit of sense, but not as much, is that Yo-Yo still has no hands. So she has the robotic robotic hands that were given to her last season. How is she with Keller? I would love for someone to explain that to me. I mean, there are things in intimate relationships. Very careful. Yeah, that's the thing. I I saw that and I thought that right away. Like, wow, (laughs) how delicate are those hands? Are they? Delicate and and nurturing, or are they just robotic hands? Can she perform surgeries? How can she write? I mean, yeah, I mean they're great for fighting, for I think smashing a, things. I feel like it's a lot of talk to text, you know, for for yo yo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that one of the concepts and and how this is going to affect her and how that affected her psyche? And here she is, and it's only been a year, and I don't know if I'm the only person who felt that a year wasn't enough to. A time to transpire for their relationship to not something where it's almost like there should have been a grieving period. It's how how soon or how long after the breakup did Keller come into play? Has it been six months? Has it been three months? Has it been one month? It makes a difference to me in my perception of how I'm going to think of this relationship. I think uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we'll find out. We'll get a better idea how long it's been going on because. Clearly, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, we want to tell Mac. He's going to find out without them telling. That That's, you know, the, like the foreshadowing of... What's going to the- happen then? What's going to happen? <clears throat> is uh, Mac going to want her back or is Mac going to attack? I think uh, Mac you is... see what I did there? I did see. I saw, yeah. Mac's going to be on the attack and uh, he's not going to take it well. I think he's uh, incredibly stressed. I think if he were sitting at home, rational, not drinking, and you know, just thinking it out, it's like, well, of course, Yo-Yo's going to need to find somebody else. And who does she know that she doesn't work with? It's interesting, and I'll tell you something. Yo-Yo, I don't know if Yo-Yo needed to find someone else, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I wonder if this is a, a device that the writers, if you're in a writer room, why did she, why is she the one to find someone? It's as if, oh, Yo-Yo, the quote-unquote, and I have to bring this up, the female character needs to find a love interest. She did not. Yo-Yo hasn't been the relationship type. That is not her forte. It's true. It wasn't in the past, and I don't know how all of a sudden it became. Now, I see clearly Keller is an attractive person, attractive guy. He's funny. She likes his jokes, at least. She's chuckling and giggling (laughs) to the point where May picks up on, hey, I've noticed you laugh a little too hard at Keller's jokes. But... Did Yo-Yo need to find someone? I understand that Mac has not enough time on his hands as director. I would have been more inclined to think Mac would have found someone and not Yo-Yo. And Yo-Yo be the alpha jealous one. Well, I think Mac only has time for something casual. And I don't, I just, he doesn't strike me as the casual guy. And you you think Yo-Yo and Keller is not casual? Uh, no, I don't think it is actually. Well, you know, let me put it a little differently. It's not for it's not for Keller. It's not. I for think Keller. he's all in. Yo yo braked. Yo 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 was easy to put the brakes on. Like oh, he has definitely breaking. Googled what kind of ring can you put on a robotic arm. You know, <laughs> he would, wants to know. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think this Parchukatig can be? Uh, well, uh, you know, that's a it's a great point that you asked that because uh, in the chat, Ivan Soto says what the wall dude said uh, could be the. Kacheka language and that word, pakatug, pakatug, yeah. means he who overturns space and time. So it makes me wonder if it's accurate. Uh, and uh, the f- the fact that you have the dictionary skills to have looked that up, Ivan Soto, good for you. By that's the way. amazing. Yeah. Who else is in the chat? Uh, well, we've got uh, we've got quite a bit of people. We've got uh, someone named Dinner Beef, and Dinner I think beef. that is a great great name. Where's uh, the I've beef? Seen- 
I've seen uh, Jenna James in there, and she's speaking about something we'll get to. So, uh, but uh, Eric James, any relation to Jenna James? That's a great question by, by me. Eric Opperman, not to be confused with the Adam Sandler character Opperman. Uh, and let's see. Let me give a Oh, of course, our friend Ghost8386. I love Ghost 8386. That's great. I'm glad that all of you are in the chat, and I will say this. I appreciate each and every one of you, because without you, we would not be the ESPN of TV talk. You are part of the AfterBuzz family, and we do ask for your help. The only thing you have to do is be yourself. We want you to share, comment, subscribe, spread the word, and share the love. Let everyone know the shows you love to talk about, because we love to talk about them, too. Here at AfterBuzz, we talk about a variety of programming TV shows that you love, because we love them just as much as you. So, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star rating we so greatly deserve. Bump us up in the rain by commenting and let everyone know about all of our after shows. Thank you so much for being a part of this panel. Let's switch some gears. Let's go to outer space. The search for fits. Yes, the the search for fits. And uh, like I said, thought it was going to be easy. I was wrong. And it uh, makes for a way more interesting season that they didn't find him in the first five minutes. And uh, I, I feel for Gemma just because every time it seems like things are going to go their way, as in Fitz and Simmons, uh, somebody gets, uh, you know, swallowed into a, a, another planet by a, by a tar monster. Uh, somebody uh, literally dies. Uh, you know, there's so many things that have happened to them. And we finally got to see them be happy. And I think if... Season five had been the end. It would have been too heartbreaking. The fact that Fitz died at the end of the season. Well, right. at least we get a Fitz back, right? Yeah, there, there's, there's a Fitz. Some, there's yeah. a Fitz. Now, we yeah. don't know what Fitz this is because clearly that Fitz contraption monster that we saw at the end. Yeah. We need to figure out who that is, what's going on. And what was he speaking? Russian? I couldn't tell what that was. <laughs> I, uh, you know, was that part of the collusion? I don't know. Well, it seemed to be the language that was brought up. What was the Pakatatig? Yeah, Uh, well, we had that language up there before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so he injects himself with something, and I'm assuming that's what's giving him the alien eyes he has. But they're searching for fits in outer space, and here they are traveling all over the place, putting themselves in in harm's way in each each corridor they they go to. Half half or more of the crew has already left and went back to Earth, because this seems like a fool's errand. Here we have four people left. We have Quake, my favorite, I love you, uh, Piper (laughs) and Davis, and... Jenna. Yeah, she's there. Who won't give up. Unwavering Jenna. Well, that's what I like about her, too, is that uh, not only won't she give up, uh, she will uh, do whatever she wants because she feels like, I'm so much smarter than everyone. I don't pull this card very often, but I'm just going to go ahead and do what I think is best. And also, she has been through so much with Fitz, and the idea that they were going to go home and just give up, uh, that just wasn't an option for her. I understand that. However, we're going to talk about that decision Mm -hmm. because that is a decision, and I I believe it deserves its own conversation. Uh, But something else that deserves its own conversation is Quake. Quake has become the the terror of (laughs) the scourge of the uh, of the galaxy. They they literally quake upon hearing her name. Look, she might not be the destroyer of worlds, but uh, that's clearly like when you Google her or you know it's on her business card, whatever. She knows it's like I'm just going to capitalize on that. And I love the oh yeah, go ahead and just look up who I am. And the guy's like, yep, take the fuel. You want another ship? Whatever you want. You know, you want to you want to take take my wife, take my firstborn, whatever you need. Just just get out of here. And I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Daisy's really comfortable in literally her own shoes. 
but then also she's just like, let me just, it's almost, it's like wrestling, you know, and I don't even really watch much wrestling, but it's like, when you know that you need to play the bad guy, you do it big. And she's just like, yeah, this is going to be way more valuable than if I'm, you know, I don't want to hurt you. No, it's like, no, I want to hurt you. They're going to try and stop me. So why don't we just get out of here? And uh, I liked seeing that. I thought that was great. The, uh, you know, just uh, terrorizing the, uh, the would-be terrorizers who, uh, you know, were just like, why would we give you fuel? Oh, because she's a destroyer of worlds. All right. Good good answer. Well, to me, it was actually a larger conversation that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tends to have, which is a uh, a tad bit of sociopolitical uh, contradiction. Here we have, it's a commentary, right? So we have this contradiction. It's like, does the ends justify the means? You're still, you're still representing S.H.I.E.L.D. You're still representing humanity. You're out there. You're basically a pirate. You're taking things. You're stealing things. These are not your laws. You are uh, in a situation doing, you are basically colonizing the world, You're, the universe. You're saying, this is who we are. You need to be afraid. Give me your resources. I'm sorry you don't like the way the other people are doing things, but it's their world, their rules, their laws. You don't just get to go there and make up rules and laws and say, well, it's under the guise that I'm trying to be powerful. That, to me, is is a commentary on sociopolitical uh, affirmations that we have going on in the world today. And it's actually a very scary position to be put in. And as we see, it backfires because, and Jenna brings it up, maybe they wouldn't have bring, brought such a big ship if they didn't think we were so big and powerful. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah. That was a powerful line. That's true. Yeah, I know. That, and, that, and that was a big ship. By it the was way. a very yeah. big ship, yeah. by the way. So uh, definitely overkill. <laughs> yeah. How they made it out, I have no idea. At that point, just the gravity alone from the ship should have just sucked them in. <laughs> and destroyed them. But the concept is I understand why Quake is doing what she's doing because she thinks it's the best, but it's also the low hanging fruit. It's the easiest way to get respect. It's that fear. However, if she had garnered respect, maybe they wouldn't be outlaws and afraid of everyone. Uh, secondly, we have a ship full of people who are now also just following Quake's lead. Quake is their model, she's the role model, she's the leader. So what is that saying about S.H.I.E.L.D.? What is it saying about Earth? And what is it uh, saying about who Quake is as a person? She has changed. She's changed a lot, you know, and I think that uh, we really saw the impact last season had on her. I mean, if you think about, obviously, the course of all five seasons, uh, it's very impressive how different Daisy is than Sky was. But I think that last season was just such a big deal just the idea that you know a, a misinterpreted prophecy made her think like i i don't want to destroy the earth and you know seeing seeing it crack like that she's like i, I must have done that and i think just the realization that she didn't it was almost not even almost it was it was a breath it was relief it was like all right i have a chance to try and do this right and i don't know if maybe she's more careful than she would be if that had never happened, you know. If mm. if they didn't go to space last season, if we, you know, if if they didn't have any of that experience, but uh, I do think that she really is playing up. Uh, somebody in the chat talked about the fact that uh, she has a rep and she's uh, willing to quake is willing to use it, and uh, I agree. I I don't know. I I think. It's good for her in what she thinks is the best way to proceed. But as part of a team, when you have the you know the the one 
the one big sword that you're swinging around, and then everybody else could really suffer from the fact. And that, they could. They yeah. don't have powers. They're right. not quake. Let's talk about the Confederacy. Who are they? What are they? What are they doing? Why do they have such big ships? They do have very big ships, and uh, I, I don't know. I was uh, wondering that myself. I thought we would have gotten more answers, but you know, it's only episode one. It is so. only episode one. So I, they didn't want us to know yet. Is this the Confederacy of the alien worlds that includes the Kree, possibly? Possibly, but I don't know that we've gotten the sense that uh, I feel like the Kree, they, they they're like, not team they, players. Yeah, they're they, they, yeah they're only with the Kree. I, you know, I uh, I think from the what we saw the Kree last season and what we saw the Kree in the Captain Marvel movie, they definitely they don't play well with others. See, so. I was thinking it's the Confederacy. Remember the scene last season where they were selling the fighters and everyone came from all corners of I the I do earth. remember that. Yeah. I yeah. felt like that's maybe what the Confederacy was made up of. It's a intergalactic uh treaty of some sort between uh different posts in the universe that come together and the Kree is at the top of this food Yeah, chain. no no, I mean I think that would make sense. The the only way that the Kree would be involved with anything is that they're literally at the top of the food chain, the totem pole, whatever it is that you're putting. They're way at the top. And uh, you know, they think everyone else is beneath them. Literally everyone else. So, uh they, you know, it's like, well we're these people are helping us because we might need them. We might need somebody to, you know, push in front of us in, in a battle so that we can stay safe. Sounds like my type of people. All right, let's find the <laughs> ship. So we're looking for the ship that Fitz is on. We're looking for the ship. It's cut in half. We know it still exists for some reason. We're on this this chase for it. And we find the ship. We find the ship uh, with the... Uh, the Derillians. They go into the Derillian. They find the Derillian had it, bought it fair and square. Yeah. They rummage through it. They see uh, Fitz's cryogenic, yeah. cryogenic chamber. chamber. Yeah. And they, and, and we get this word, Naroatsia. Who knew what that word meant? Jenna did. Oh, well, Jenna knew. Jenna, oh. Jenna, Jenna spoke alien. <laughs> she had a great answer she because had, it's like, wait, you, you speak alien now. And she's like, well, what have you been doing the last uh, year? Last year. Right. And and uh, by the way, that's not what I would have been doing. Yeah, learning you know? alien. I, no, no. I, how about surviving? We were yeah, surviving. I, I I wish I had the time to learn alien. in outer space with no fuel, with yeah. little fuel, little resources, everything. Remember, they are basically pirating their way, which gave me a bit of a guardians feel. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a great call. That, that is definitely a very uh, very guardians uh, sort of a, approach towards space travel. You know. Like uh, we'll just get we'll just get what we need, however we are able to get it. You know, even if we have to sweet talk our way out of it, if we have to threaten, you know, but not actually maim and murder because that's not who we are. But we will threaten. But we got a little bit of I feel like we got a little bit of guardian dialogue between Davis and Piper. Uh, I'm also shipping those two now. Those I'm shipping. Uh, yeah, uh, Yo Yo and Mac. Diaper. Are the only, yeah. <laughs> hashtag diaper. Yeah. Hashtag I'm diaper. Diaper. I do agree with that. And by the way, it's great to have Piper back. I know she was gone for a while. I like really when we saw her that last season. I thought that that worked really well. Uh, yeah, I definitely I want to see that happen. I feel like we are going to see that happen, especially uh, the fact that they'll you know be in space for a little while, uh, a little while longer. So well, you know. yeah, because of the decision. So Naroatsia turns out to be this place that uh, that Jenna goes through the mind of of Fitz and says he would go there looking for components to fix his cryogenic chamber because clearly the fits that's in the cryogenic chamber doesn't know that everything's on earth is 
fine. He thinks he still needs to to save uh, to save the future, as it were. Yeah, he has to save everything. So he has, and he has to go to the what was it, seventy five years 75 in the future. Years well, in at the that future. point, 74. 74, 74 sure, yeah, sure. seventy four years in the future. Good way to do math. Yeah. I was quick. Uh, yeah, so uh, I I think at all costs he's going to do whatever it takes, you know, and he's not going to get back into a, a cryogenic chamber unless he's certain that he's going to be able to uh, save everything. And that's the thing. So we uh, we see the ship get away from the Confederacy. However, th- instead of jumping home like the decision was made, we're going back home. Jenna comes on and is like, we're going to go to this place, Naroatsia, we're going to find Fitz. And the crew's like, no. Yeah. They've talked. They're tired of this. This is a wild goose chase. At this point, you're putting lives in danger for for not a not a real solution or answer. And even if Fitz is still alive, it's like the chances of getting him home safe are so low. We need to go home. We need to go back. Yeah, and, and they're not saying we're abandoning the search for Fitz entirely. This is just we need to we need to put a pin in it. We got to take a pause. We got to go home. We got to. We need to re- regroup. We got to regroup. And uh, Gem is like, nope, that's not. She's like, there is no regrouping. Refuel, you'll be fine. We we just got some fuel, so uh, we'll get more when we go even further into space. And she makes that decision for everyone after being told you don't get to make that decision for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why she's my girl. Whatever, you know, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that I would want to stand up against the uh, Destroyer of Worlds, as it were. You know, Well, so much it's not fair. It's not fair to the team. It's not fair to the people that stood by her, despite the fact that everyone else went home. That's not a fair thing to do. And it actually made me not like Jenna as much. I understand she loves Fitz, and everyone goes, and and Davis specifically goes, oh, well, we want to find... Fits as much as as every as anyone, and she says wrong. No, she says wrong. I think that's unfair because no one wants to find him as much as as, as she Jenna, does. One hundred percent. They might very much want him, and they are they sure. probably even love him. But it's like no, 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 not as much as her. Like yeah, that's exactly. that's an unfair thing to say. I believe that, and yeah. that's true. But I will say this: it's not her call to put their lives Agreed. in jeopardy. It's not fair to them. They wanted to go home. At this point, she has now kidnapped them. And I I wonder. You know, does she just not respect who she's there with? Because if Phil Coulson was on that ship and he said, no, we're going home, would she have done it anyway? Maybe. But I think she's a lot less likely to have done it if it's somebody that she clearly has that degree of respect for. It's yes. like, well, you know what? Coulson knows best. We'll figure it out. Of course, I want to find Fitz, but we will find him in the future. And you brought up a great point when you said she, Jenna thinks, I'm smarter than everyone. I make the decisions. I'm smart. She's definitely smarter than everyone. That's a dangerous way to think. That is a dangerous way to think. And we get a lot of that double-edged sword. Uh, And if Phil Coulson was there, maybe she wouldn't have made that decision. But we don't know because Phil Coulson's not there. But wait! He is! Wait a minute. We get the Sarge! (laughs) We get all these time-traveling, dimension-travelers who we're not sure. And then we get the one that they all were leading up to. We find the time device on man in the wall we hear about him coming through the star is coming in a museum we get there and then the the young woman with them comes outside and distracts them long enough says don't worry she distracts all the butterflies yeah don't worry there was a lot of talk in the chat about butterflies yeah that was a real thing i love that i thought that was a she's great yeah because exactly because it's so creepy yeah no no questions asked go distract them you want to talk about team player that girl. That's I don't know her name. Sorry. I love her. She she yeah. technically doesn't have a name yet. 
the butterfly. I girl. love her. But yeah, she's great. And, you know, look, if you're going to time travel, space travel, whatever it is that uh, the Sarge did, why not obliterate a museum in Indiana while you're at it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So the actor playing uh, the young lady who cuts herself and speaks of Butterfly is Brooke Williams. Brooke Williams is known as Butterfly in the show as of now. We don't have an official designation. Well, I'm going to call her Butterfly then. Yeah, Butterfly. And I love, I loved her. I lo- she was excellent. <laughs> I do love me some Butterfly I wings. do love me some creepy girls who just make everything <laughs> so weird and crazy. And she says the Butterfly thing, we heard it first about the about the guy stuck in the wall and then we hear this repeat of Butterfly and then yeah. she ducks. And then Sarge appears who's Phil Coulson uh, in a different character. It, yeah. it looks like Phil. It walks like Phil, but he doesn't shoot agents of shields like Phil. No, that's true. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, and we all saw this in the commercial when it uh, first gets shield. Never heard of it. And he, uh, you know, what we didn't know is that he then shoots the very large gun that he has. He shoots Fox, who's an agent. Yeah. Once again, we get sometimes Agents of Shield does this. They give us a character, or they give him a name, and he dies by the end of the episode. It was they were infamous for it for in season five, and now we're starting that trend in season six. I would love to say that us here at After Buzz were much a part of that by setting up that. I don't even think they were aware of it until we brought it up, and then they were like, <laughs> "We're always going to do that." So you're welcome, people. You're welcome, Sarge. Who do you think Sarge is? Oh, I, my theory is actually that uh, Sarge, and there's a lot of people in the uh, in the chat that think that he is a a Sarge from a, a different timeline universe, that sort of thing. Yes, I think. Uh, getting back to the Captain Marvel film, I think that he is a Skrull. Who doesn't realize he's a Skrull, and that's just the form that he's had for some time. Yes. So I think he is a, a Skrull that just happens to look like that, but doesn't know he's a Skrull. That is one heck of a theory, and we'll get to more of that in predictions. But before we get there, let's talk some news and gossip, people! After Buzz TV News. We got a bit of news and gossip for you. First one is that Digital Spy. Uh, Clark Gregg admits the cast only knows a little bit about the plan for season six. So if you're thinking that they're going to give away spoilers, they don't know what's going on any more than we do. They are getting scripts only ahead of time for the taping. They don't know what's going to happen. The twist hasn't been revealed to them. And they are just as interested in finding out as each and every one of us. Please go to Entertainment Weekly or, or Digital Spy and see that Clark Gregg uh, interview where he admits they, the cast only knows a little bit. And a little bit of more, the only thing we do know is this. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has already received a, a seventh epi- a season. Yes. We got season seven on the way. So we know that season six is not the final one. That's how I know that uh, Endgame must have done amazing. Not only was the budget for this episode fantastic if you remember in season five we had the smallest budget of all time they kept reusing the exact same set but not this one we had digital effects we had cgi we had people coming through universal portals we had melting things we had kicking things we had quake powers we had outer space we had inner space man this already looks great so it's shaping up to be one heck of a season six and i can't find i can't wait to find out what's going on in season seven that's so much for news and gossip. Let's play our special segment, Shocker! Yeah, that was the shocker. Most shocking scene for this episode. Christian. Well, had uh, had we not seen the commercials and known, 
the reveal of Colson would have been shocking. I'm not going to pretend it was shocking because we all knew it was going to happen. Uh, but I think the scene where uh, Fitz is jibber jabbering in whatever language that was, I was just like, okay, that's not what I expected. So I was I was legitimately shocked by that. Uh, I I just thought he was going to still be asleep somewhere. Actually, it was going to be like Weekend at Bernie's, and uh, this is going to be better than that, though. Much better, much better. Mine is going to be Yo Yo and Keller. Oh yeah, I wasn't I wasn't thinking that Yo Yo was going to move on, and uh, let alone with another agent who's right there under his nose. Maybe if she had moved on with someone outside in the world that she she said he's the only normal C that I have, I would have even been okay or. Not as shocked if she moved on with the young lady in the outside world. Sure. But but Keller? But here's the thing you got to keep in mind. Yo-Yo, she's so fast. Everything she does <laughs> okay. is fast. Okay. Let's get to uh, a little bit of predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Christian, as the master of theories, I'd love to know what your predictions are. Then we will go to the chat. So all of you at the chat, let us know your quick predictions. Let us know what you think. I think that uh, we're not going to get Fitz uh, for uh, several more weeks. They're going to probably keep missing him. He's going to be running his own operation. He, of course, thinks everybody is off in the distant future. He would have no reason to expect them to be looking for him. So uh, I think that that's going to get very frustrating, especially for Gemma. And I I think she's going to have to go it alone at some point. I think everybody's like, we can't. We can't trust you. Uh, I, I've i said my theory about who I think that uh, Phil Coulson is just because I think it would be interesting. Uh, but uh, I'm ready for any explanation they want to give there. I think alternate uh, alternate reality, that sort of thing, that all, that all seems very possible. But uh, I'm standing by this Phil Coulson is a scroll. Interesting. Interesting. The Cole Phil Coulson. For me, it's going to have to be... The ship's going to get a little awkward after <laughs> after Jenna just forced them into outer space after they all decided and were thinking they were going to go home. I think that ship ride is going to be a little bumpy, if you know what I mean. I also think that this uh, Sarge business is not over. They're not just here uh, trick-or-treating or going touristing. They are definitely here for some world-ending compilation and they love that so we're going to get a lot more of the sarge and a lot more of the hologram and maybe the sarge and the hologram even come face to face that would be an interesting uh twist especially when it's this is who you really are or this is who you should be so i think that's going to happen what's the chat saying uh, Jonathan Shaw says that Sarge is trying to hunt down someone in our dimension. So interesting. That goes with the alternate dimension uh, theory. Like uh, it. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be uh, very interesting because then my question would be, whom is uh, is Sarge looking for? Uh, there's a lot of questions. Uh, oh, Malachi says, Scrolls were underused in the movies. Putting them on the show would be giving them the Inhumans treatment. Now that... Sounds like you're intending it to be an insult. Wow, scrolls are in humans' treatment. That's that's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement about those are uh, fighting words. I'm gonna say that those are fighting words, especially because uh, I didn't hate the Inhuman series. People can't believe I liked it more than the Gifted, but then I have to say you must not have watched the Gifted. <laughs> that's um, true. I did <laughs> cover the after show. Uh, so yeah, so just some comments about things we were saying. Ghost8386 says, Brooke Williams was great in the 12 Monkeys TV series, which I like very much. Ivan Soto has mentioned that Davis is married with a child. That yes. They do reference it. That does not mean 
that shenanigans with Piper might not happen. And we're still shipping diaper regardless. Yeah, we're still we're still there. I don't think it's right. Uh, let's feel for uh, for his uh, wife and child, but it could still happen. I shipped uh, the Twilight Girl with Jacob. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I get it. It happens. Sometimes you have to take that L. I love this prediction from the always obsessed. I predict that this season is going to be awesome. That one's real. <laughs> that one's the best prediction of them all. And I predict that you are right. This season will be awesome. And we will be awesome along with it. Christian, where can people find you if you want to be found? I do want to be found. You can find me actually seconds after this show ends here on AfterBuzz TV doing Marvel TV Weekly with my co-host Anderson. We're going to talk a little bit more S.H.I.E.L.D. She's never watched it before this episode, so I want to see how lost was she. We'll also talk about Cloak and & Dagger and uh, the, uh, the vague premiere date for Jessica Jones, as in soon. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm on my Jessica Jones because you can find me soon too. Right after I, I am Tehran all across the board because I am Tehran and I also host and panel on a slew of other After Buzz after shows talking all your favorite TV shows because they're my favorites too. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will be talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again next week. And Christian, I believe you're here with us. I love having an expert on the panel. That is you. Uh, there are very few things in the world that I can be an expert of, but this is one where I might be. Although, again, like I said before, I'm just a guy from another town. And I love it. And I'm a guy from another dimension. And we will find you here at the same uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Buzz Show time. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show Buzz channel. See you guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.